Hey, Joe, is there something off about the studio? No. What what brand are the mics? Quick. We have to take note of everything. What brand? Wait, this is sure, not sure. sure. It's sure. missing an H. Sure. Surely. Surely we are trapped in an escape room. All right, we're going to cut to theme song, and then we're going to be in the next room, okay? <laughs> I gave up. <laughs> that was pretty good, honestly. Give me a moment's peace and take out that trash. We pay taxes for people to commentate the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello, and welcome back to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Caleb, and me, Joe, sit down to watch movies that are good, bad, hot trash. Who knows? Joe, what did we see this week? Escape Room 2, Catching Fire. Welcome to Minos Escape Rooms. No, no, no. What's happening again? You guys have played the game before? So what is this? Like a tournament of champions? Look, we all know how this works. We solve the puzzles or we die. False advertising must be pulled. This ad, yourself is missing an E. So maybe we pull the corresponding handles with a missing letter. Yes! E. Fucking oh, hang it. Come on, we don't have time! The missing letters are W, B, and O! Uh, tournament of... Champions. I was about to say Tournament of Power, but that's a Dragon Ball Z arc. How could you forget Tournament of Champions when they're so nice to name drop it? To Suicide Squad it. Yeah, to Suicide. Even more blatant than Suicide Squad. Yeah, because it's way more, uh, no one would ever say this ever. Yeah, yeah. But also, I'm pretty sure in the trailer, it's Ben who says it. And in this, it's Rachel. Or in the movie, it's Rachel. So I like like to imagine that they have deleted scenes of every other character saying, what is this, a tournament of champions? (laughs) Whoever gets the best line read, you get to be in the final cut. Uh, I saw the first escape room last year, and I was surprised. One of the times when we were locked down, I sat down and watched it. And I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed it. It's kind of dumb at points, but it's like a solid baby's first horror kind of Saw-esque with like characters who have actual arcs and stuff. So I was excited to go into Tournament of Champions, but you, you haven't seen Escape Room. I haven't, but thankfully the movie opens up with a previously on Escape Room. Gives you a synopsis. I couldn't tell what was going on during the synopsis and I couldn't tell when it ended because the editing of the opening segment was very much like the synopsis. It's weird because like Escape Room did well enough to get a sequel. Mm -hmm. Are they just assuming that people forgot what happened or are they assuming that this is going to pull in people who didn't see the first one? Yeah. I I don't know what they were thinking with that. There's not even a, like an opening credits or anything. It's as soon as the movie starts, it's previously on escape room. It's very off putting. Yeah. I'd say the beginning. And then the scene you were talking about where it's constantly flashing back um, I'd say those are the worst parts of the movie just because like, like, is this going to be an editing mess the entire time? And it is, but not like the first half. They do do unnecessary flashbacks throughout, uh-huh. like to the last scene flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's a part where a character, spoilers, by the way, there's a part where a character appears to die and then they flashback to all the scenes with that character and the main character, Zoe. But they have known each other for like, Three weeks, I guess. So they only have like two positive interactions. Like everything else would be traumatically in an <laughs> escape room. So as as the uh, resident escape room expert, give me a little rundown. So the movie begins with our girl Zoe. She was one of the survivors of the last movie. Specifically, she survived because she found a way to like escape the game. Ben is the one who actually completes the game and she comes in 
and helps him escape. She is in uh, a therapist's office and the therapist is bad, like just giving really bad advice. And like, I'm not here to to believe you. I'm here to fix you. Stuff like that. She keeps pointing out, this could be a clue. This could be a clue. And it's like, hmm, I wonder who this person could be. Okay, so did you have suspicions at the very beginning? Joe, everything's a clue. Okay. You can't trust anything, Joe. Okay. Minos is everywhere. Okay, you see, maybe this is your previous knowledge coming in. So then uh, Zoe and the other survivor, Ben, they go uh, to New York because they have discovered at the end of the last movie where Minos is hidden out. And, uh-oh, they end up back in the game with uh, four other survivors, one of which quickly stops mattering, one of which will soon stop mattering, and then the other two I would tell you about, but guess what? They also stop mattering. So, yeah, they go through a bunch of different little rooms. Uh, props I'll give this movie, a lot of varying set pieces. I like I like it when all your games aren't exactly in the same setting. Yeah. Something that uh, Spiral had, where everything it was just dark and muggy every, every single time they were in a a game. I would argue every Saw movie is like that. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right, but Spiral is my direct comparison, even though we didn't do an episode on that. I enjoyed that too, and I think they were slightly more interesting settings than the first one. There are narrative reasons why the rooms are what they are in the first one, which makes the characters more interesting. Supposedly, there's narrative reasons this time, but it really doesn't matter when they actually tie the narrative yeah, together. Yeah, it doesn't tie into the characters. Okay. In the first movie, all the puzzles related to the characters' trauma, and then in this one, it relates to the puzzle maker. But since we don't know who the puzzle maker is, and I don't think you could figure it out, like, I don't think they give you the hints. It really doesn't matter. That being said, they are still a lot of fun. There is a subway car, a bank, which is probably my favorite. The bank's pretty fun. There is a beach. Um, which is the most confusing. Why is that the most confusing? Because there's the two exits. I also left for three minutes afterwards, and it felt like 30 minutes in the movie had passed with the amount of stuff that had changed just because of the setting changes that come with that. But... There were two exits, and neither, and both were the right exit. Yeah. Yeah. I think they designed that because Zoe escaped the first game. Like, she cheated the system first time. So they're like, let's make it her think that she's cheating the system again so that we can keep her on pace. But then there's the Acid Rain New York City Square, um, which is pretty fun because I'll take any movie that, or any scene that has some boiling acid in <laughs> boiling it. Boiling acid. Oh, no! It's boiling acid! And then they escape. Oh, no. And then they're in like a little... A child's room. And it's revealed that one of the characters from the first movie is the puzzle designer and that she is trying to recruit Zoe to be the new puzzle designer. And Zoe's, of course, like, nah. The cops allegedly find Minos and like arrest everyone. And then she's like, let's fly back. Before we get to the ending. Okay. I want to save that. Let's let's go back. We've, We've overviewed everything. Let's go back and talk about specific things that stood out. People start dropping pretty quickly, like that first guy who don't even learn the name of. He's he's dead immediately. Have uh, to set up stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then no one dies in the next game, but then during the sand game, Rachel almost dies. Then Nate goes and saves her, but then he dies in the process, which felt like that was pointless. Why'd you have to go save her? Like just so oh he's He's got survivors killed. He got yeah, he's got survivors killed or whatever. It's, but then it's Ben dies in the, the same character. scene. Yeah, it's a very deadly car. <laughs> Yeah. Dies in scare quotes. Yeah, yeah. Dies. That's what I'm getting at. This is my problem with Spiral, too. I kept thinking, I was like, 
Some of these, they're not even messing up a lot of the time. The first one in the subway, that guy messed up, kind of. But also, everything's on a time limit, too. Yeah, but some people are dying at the when the sand trap happened. There, That wasn't even near the end of the game, of the room. I think it is. By that point... Ben's was. Ben's was, he was running out of yeah, time, but which no, I took. But which like, I was like, okay, whatever. They set up that the sand is dropping, and then they show that a third time, and then they have the characters go under. So I feel like that's enough time for the characters to get into the crab shack or up onto the lighthouse mm-hmm. where they're supposed to exit. I think it makes enough sense. And then the New York segment, again, two, the last, the remaining three, Zoe escapes because the, the game wants yes, her to. That is clearly them bending the rules. Yeah, where it's just like, they didn't, they, they were figuring it out. Like, they were doing everything right. Yeah, which really, like, because the whole point of this is that this is, the escape rooms are made for other people's entertainment, but also this is made to recruit Zoe. So the central concept gets a little fuzzy. Yeah. That's just my, my problem with death games like that is when, okay, they're playing the game, right? Or just why is it lose, lose then they, I don't, I don't, I like it when there's a chance to win. I only think it's lose, lose in the last car or in the last room. The beach threw me off just because of how much the setting was changed and how they were having to navigate that entire one. That was the one I appreciated the most where everything seemed laid out because there wasn't a bunch of just distracting colors and signs and stuff like in New York. They're they're seeing all these signs. They're not they're not getting the clues because they're figuring it out. They see a sign because the script says there's a sign right there of what the next step is. I think I'm willing to give that more credence because these are best of the best people who have made it through. Like these are the smartest characters we've seen because they've survived. Mm -hmm. Now, admittedly, in this movie, Nate will have survived. He just has a hero complex. So he sacrifices himself kind of the same for Ben Basso. They clearly want been out of the game so that they can use them as a chip later. And that's something I wish we had gotten a little bit more of is just showing how competent these people are at the games. Like she, none of them seem competent except for Zoe. Everybody, which I get it. I in think a death Rachel game. does. She seems okay. I don't know. She's the only one that's not like screaming her head off the entire time, which I get it. They're in a death game. I feel like there'd be some level of anxiety that everybody would be in, but Zoe is the only one to remain pretty calm headed throughout the entire thing which I guess is why she's the one they want to recruit. I really like Zoe as a character and as a protagonist. She feels very different from other final girls, Uh, like the traditional other final, the traditional final girl, usually like the hot girl who like, she's the girl next door one. Yeah. Yeah. Like roll the dice. I don't remember who survives in Friday the 13th because it's a bad movie, but whoever survives there, it's just the random hot girl who they haven't hooked up with yet. And then like you get into more modern days and it's more of a subversion on that type, more of the Samara weaving type people. I feel like is kind of a subversion here though. She feels completely different. And I feel like she is pushed more through like, her trauma and through in this one, her persistence to like find the people who did this. I feel like she's a more interesting character in what is admittedly pretty B movie level horror. Yeah. I mean, I get nothing out of her just cause her, her personality to me is fine. Minos. That's it. That's all she ever talks about. Yeah. I don't, I don't get, I don't get any level of intelligence out of any of these characters from them figuring out the, rooms because some of them are clever puzzles and i like seeing the pieces come together but like i said with the new york one there's just so much noise in some of these settings where it'd be impossible to figure stuff out by just looking at a random sign your eyes happen to fall on this sign that says three rings or something like that i get everything's a clue but if everything's a clue you're gonna be looking at everything Uh, there's also something i like about this one is all the characters are very 
like on board to help each other out and like get through. Yeah. Where in the last one, there was more kind of artificial conflict between the characters because it makes for a, I guess, a more compelling narrative. But like, you know, there's a character in the last one who's just like, he's the jerk businessman stereotype. <laughs> and like, I'm like, the whole time I was waiting for him to die. Oh, the character I think you'd love from the first one. There's a character who's a gamer and yeah. he's just, that's his personality. These are very one note characters in the sense that they have one thing about them. So in the first one, it's that Zoe is quiet and traumatized. And in this one, it's that Zoe is not as quiet and wants to find Minos. Mm-hmm. Ben, unfortunately, besides the fact that he's traumatized, which is not very unique in this movie, I feel like they never really set him up to be that interesting. No, he's just someone who is a familiar face if you saw the first one, so you're rooting for him only because of that. Now, I'd rather have him than the gamer survive into, <laughs> the, into this movie. But Now, um, there was something else in the beach car, which I guess is like the longest car, and so why we're spending so much time on it. And I'm also calling them cars, even though they're rooms, rooms, because the first one takes place in a train car. But there was something else that caught our mind. They find a clue that says blind love. Yeah. Now, what when you hear the word blind love, what do you think? I think of? of the Netflix show Love is Blind. Oh, interesting, because I, like the characters in the movie, think of the Bon Jovi song. Now, luckily, we did not see this movie alone. Mm-mm. We have our resident Bon Jovi expert. So one of the characters, I think it's been, says... Oh, Blind Love, like the Bon Jovi song. So to talk about the Bon Jovi song, Blind Love, which I know everyone who's listening to this is singing in their head as we speak, please welcome Alex. Woo, it's it's me. I imagine I have to get close to this thing. All right. So guys, while y'all were talking, I looked up some stats. Okay. So over the course of 30 plus years of being a band, Bon Jovi has had 18 top 10 hits, not including the many others that were in the top hundreds over so much time. So after all this, Bon Jovi releases an album called uh, Burning Bridges. And what Burning Bridges is, is a compilation of reject songs that didn't make it onto those albums. Now it's important to imp- to point out, each of those songs or each of those albums had deluxe editions. <laughs> So, those deluxe editions had reject songs on them. (laughs) So, what we're looking at with this album is not just the rejects. It's the rejects of the rejects. (laughs) It's the worst of the worst. And so, when you look at references that you could use with Bon Jovi, you know, you look at Wanted Dead or Alive, Have a Nice Day, It's My Life, stuff that spans... Many decades that people of all ages can point to and say, hey, I recognize that. And what did they choose? (laughs) (laughs) They chose a reject of a reject. (laughs) And it's in this movie. It's written in. And it's supposed to be this accepted fact where, like, people can listen to that and be like, oh, yeah, I know. I definitely know that song from an album I've never listened to. It's perfect. I get the reference. No, you don't get the reference, Jim. (laughs) Because you never heard the song. Because they use a we. Oh my God! Look at those waves. <laughs> because they use a random song <laughs> that makes no sense except for the fact that it happens to fit in with the clue. You could say that uh, Burning Bridges is the opposite of a tournament of champions because it's a reject of a reject. <laughs> now I'm wondering, Alex, which do you think is more likely? Do you think it's more likely that the they wanted to have some reference there, so they they typed into Spotify? 
Blind Love just to find a song named Blind Love. And they're like, oh, Bon Jovi. And they did no more research. Or do you think the writers, all, four of the writers, one of the four writers. <laughs> there were on this four movie, writers yes. on this movie. <laughs> do you think one of them. Do you think I one thought of, Cersei wrote this movie. <laughs> do you think one of them is just a huge Bon Jovi fan? No, it's it's definitely scenario number one. Because <laughs> if it was a huge Bon Jovi fan, they would have at least had like something better to throw in. And literally anything. You could have chosen anything. <laughs> and it would have been a better reference. No, what Joe, what was I telling you in the car on the way over here? I don't remember. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had a theory, and I don't believe this theory, but it was that like maybe. Option three that it might have been was it's some weird ad campaign <laughs> because they had an album released last year that, again, no one listened to. <laughs> but it'd be weird if that was the case because it's a, it's a throwaway album from six years ago. Just take the mic because, like, I'm the Bon Jovi expert. You're the Bon Jovi protege. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one more question. Does, does Sony Music... One, is Sony Music even around? Oh. Anymore? Yes, they're around. Okay. Yeah. Two, do they, do, they, do they release Bon Jovi? That's, I don't believe they do. <laughs> Some expert I am Googling all this on the spot. <laughs> I want to say that they're Def Jam. Who is Bon Jovi signed to? Uh, they've been signed to so many labels. What are, who are they currently yeah, signed that's to? The thing. I think we've gotten so much, so much juice out of this bit. They were assigned to Jeff Def Jam at one point. Cut all that last <laughs> thing of hypothesizing about Sony. So we get to the end and they're flying back, which is Zoe has a fear of flying. And so this is like her overcoming it. And then she, she's like, that was kind of easy though, which to be fair, I was feeling too. I'm like, this is easy. I know says something up their sleeve. And then she sees her therapist Oh, also, the FBI agent they talked to was named Fred Will. The book that the therapist gives her is called Free Will, and that oh. got my bells ringing. And then... So, um, yeah, maybe you are just on the lookout better than I was. I was looking for the clues. Then she sees the therapist, and she realizes, oh, wait, I'm on the death plane, which we saw being tested at the end of the first movie. And so the whole time, I'm like, she better get on a plane in this movie. And she did. And then the movie ends. They bamboozled you. Well, they bamboozled you. Once you got on the plane, well, they bamboozled I was like, the movie. The movie yeah. was a bamboozle. The entire movie was an escape room. The and movie pissed me off. The movie was not, to be clear, bamboozled. Directed by Spike Lee, the movie was bamboozling the bamboozlers yeah. of the audience. The it was the entire movie was a bamboozle. I can't wait to see you in uh, the escape room saga, Humming Jay Part One. You you really liked that. Alex did not. You yeah. really liked that it was a big tease. I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting. I bust a gut laughing at the very end. Why did you like it? Because so the movie much? was so boring up until that point where I'm like, okay, these are kind of clever and all. But like I said before, the the games are being solved because the script asks them to be solved. It didn't feel like characters were actually solving them. And then they're talking about how when the Amanda, is that her name that returned from the last movie? Yes. When she returns, she's like, if you don't see it, it didn't happen. We didn't see anyone die except for the first guy. Nate sunk into the hole, or the quicksand, as did Ben, but Ben made it out. So I'm like, that made, that's weird. We more or less saw Rachel and, uh, I don't remember the other ones. Brianna, I believe. Brianna. Yeah, we didn't, we did kind of see them start to melt, but it was You just saw shot. smoke. Yeah. You know, maybe they could have been severely burned, but they said that, I'm like, 
yeah, I fully expect I fully expected everybody to show up in like a you have to choose kind of deal, and they didn't. And then it, everything gets solved pretty quickly. And I'm like, that's weird. Like I was kind of piecing it together towards the end, and and you started talking about the plane, and I was like, what do you mean? Just because you know, I'm not having not seen the first movie, they didn't go over that in the uh, previously on recap. So it does it does all this, and I think to myself. Oh my God, these people think I actually care. These people think I'm this invested to care that they've bamboozled me. I don't. Well, but oh my God, it's made me so happy that they thought that I cared. I think they think that people cared enough to one, go into this, two, care about the plot twist of Amanda surviving, which to be honest, is not that big of a plot twist because while she's a cool character, she's as disposable as any other escape mm-hmm. room character and then bamboozled and, or then think people care enough. To see another one. Yes. Now, to be fair. To see, to see the, the ending. To be fair, I do want to see a third one. I do now. I'm down to watch these until the franchise fizzles out and it's just the same thing over and over again. It's because it's the same reason that I like the Final Destination movies. I like the kills. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the Rude Goldberg machine kills are fun. I don't think the kills are very good in this, but no, I do, no, I do this just is, enjoy the puzzles. Yeah, this is not the kills that's fun. It's the puzzles that are fun mm-hmm. and the different set pieces. This did remind me, though, of another horror movie that we watched this year, Quiet Place Part 2, because leaving Quiet Place Part 2, I was like, I never have a reason to watch Quiet Place again because this is the exact same movie, yeah. but continues the story. Yeah. I had the exact same thing with Escape Room 2, and I imagine I'll have the exact same thing with Escape Room 3. This was like marginally worse than the first one, I'd say. And the next one, if it's marginally worse, like if they keep going down in quality, I'll drop off eventually. But if they stay around this level of quality, I'm like, perfect. I will never watch the films that precede them, but <laughs> I will always go into the newest film. So what are you saying about this movie? What do you, what do you rate it? Oh, it's... I'd still say it's fine. Like I, I'd go as far to say it's good, but it's only good if you like the first one. I'd go as to say it's a boring movie, and then the ending happens. And if you weren't invested, but you love that ending, oh, this elevated it to me. It elevated it to hot trash. See, I think this. It, it got me there. I think this movie, as much as I would never go back to the first one, I think this movie requires you to know too much about the first. It definitely one. does, which is why I think the ending was hilarious because I didn't see it coming at all. Yeah, I also think that this is really good, like baby's first horror if you're if you have like a kid who's around the age where they are gonna be like okay to get into horror and you want to show them something this is a good start because nothing's that scary it's pg-13 there's not a lot of like swearing or anything like that it's easy to get them in and then if they like it you know maybe in a couple of years show them saw or something or escape room three or final destination so you're saying just bad no hot trash Oh, okay, cool. It got me. It's a nominee. Okay, just because of the ending. Just the ending elevated it so much. Okay, that's really cool. I'm glad. I probably, if I had more integrity, would say that is hot trash, but I think I just like it too much. Much like like Nobody. (laughs) Another movie that Alex didn't like, but we were okay with. All right, y'all. I am very glad that you chose to join us today. Be sure to look around and see all the clues and they will point you to where you can find more of my podcast all new 52 <laughs> hot trash unlimited that's the one we do i don't need to promote it uh the snub club and of course star wars therapy so be sure to rate and review all of those five stars and then you will get the next clue which to is the next podcast yeah to the next podcast <laughs>